The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Good morning and welcome to the Monday edition of the Source of Truth podcast. And we appreciate the opportunity to be part of your day and the part of your week as we start off this week together. We're going to be in Psalm chapter 95 this morning. And we're going to spend some time talking about uh, something that we did yesterday, something that is such a very you know, great importance to us while attending church, while part of our daily life, and that is the aspect of worship. We're going to talk about the why of worship, the who of worship. Uh, but one of the things that's when we think of worship, worship digs down deeper than just me coming and singing or, or reading scripture or listening to messages or whatever it is. Worship is my heart learning more and more and recognizing who God is and what he does and all that that means to us. So uh, as we look at the Psalm chapter 95, it does not identify per se anywhere in this section that it was written by Psalms. But if you look at Hebrews, Hebrews quotes this chapter in reference to uh, David having written it. So we're going to go from the approach that this is written by David. And uh, we're just uh, probably spend most of our time in just, if not all of it, just the first couple verses. Because uh, I want to talk into the why of worship. But I want to dig even as far and to look at much of the detail. There's, there's some great depth in these first three verses of chapter 95 of Psalms. And so let's jump into verse 1. It says in verse 1, O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. I want to start with just the phrase, let, uh, let us sing unto the Lord. When we, when we look at the aspect of music and of singing, um, if you study, and, and you cannot focus all of your attention or opinion of music just on one chapter, there's so much just in the book of Psalms, but throughout the Bible, referencing music. Music is something that God spoke a lot about. Many believe, I do, that God, the initial purpose of music was created to worship God, to worship Jesus. And then, of course, there was for our own, own entertainment as well. But really, ultimately, he says, I want you to use music to worship us. Now, can, can I encourage you that there's a, you know, there's a lot of opinions and a lot of different perspectives on music, and I'm not going to get into music theory or things of that nature. Can, can we just simplistically look at the passage and see that God has asked us through David in his word told us, let us sing unto the Lord. Let's go sing unto the Lord. And Sunday morning, more than likely yesterday morning, when you went to church, uh, you or watched church or whatever, someone sang. There was a group or a person leading you in, in singing. We call it corporate worship. And we go and we sing. And I know what happens is I'm not a great singer. I don't know. Maybe I'm not familiar with the song. And, and so sometimes there, there's an insecurity. Sometimes there's, I'm not sure, you know, different aspect of worship. Can I encourage you that... Uh, Maybe you don't know the song, you can learn it. Um, when we listen to the songs, you know, a lot of times the song has so, most of the time, hopefully, it has so much great doctrine in it. But ultimately, we, we can get back and, you know, this song, that song, this hymn, new song, whatever it is. Can I encourage you that ultimately what we see in Scripture is he's, he doesn't break down hey, this kind or that kind. He, he specifically says, just sing. I believe this with all my heart. I, and and I, I love music. I love to sing. I grew up doing singing and doing music, but even if you're not a great musician, even if you're not the greatest singer in church, even if you might be insecure, can I encourage you that it's not really about any of that at all? He says, come, let us sing. He doesn't say, hey, bring the musicians up and sing or bring the, uh, the musicians who can play to play. He says, let us 
sing. And I tell you, then he goes on and says, make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Again, a lot of times we run into the idea of joyful noise and we say, you know, whether, you know, being facetious, whether you're really good or whether or not, sing anyway. Can I encourage you that I don't necessarily think that this is even if you're bad, sing out. I think this is just all of us make a joyful noise. Let us sing out in praise to him. Now, we could spend a lot of time debating music. Can I encourage you here that music's there, worship's there. It really comes down to the heart. When I am right with God, when I understand who he is, when I am desiring to sing his praise, then I will have no problem. I would have a desire to sing out the praises. You know, when when things are going well in your marriage, you have no problem bragging on it. When you had a a sports team that's doing great, you don't have no problem bragging on it. Maybe when your portfolio is doing great through investments, you have no problem bragging on it. And we speak out or we talk about the things in our life. This is the idea. When when God is working in my heart and when I allow him to work in my heart, I want to come and I want to sing out. Can I tell you, when, when I wonder what God's doing, I want to come sing out. We'll talk a little bit more about that in a moment. But really what we see is there should be this desire to sing because it's what God God has asked us to do. He says at the end of this, we sing and make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Can I encourage you why this phrase is so doctrinally important? The rock of our salvation. We understand the rock is firm. It's solid. It's it's what we build our homes on. It's the things that hold the strength we have. But our salvation, please, what we can see is our salvation is not found in our ability. Our salvation is not found in our knowledge. Our salvation is found in him. He is that foundation. He is that strength. He is that that peace that never moves, that uh, we can look at it and say, my salvation is not found in my goodness, or I lose it because I'm bad, or this or that. It's not found in how spiritual I was this week. My salvation is found in Jesus. He is. God is the rock. I sing to him because the foundation, the, 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 the source of strength that everything I do from the day I get saved on is not found in me. It's found in him. So I worship him. Because he holds me fast. He keeps me here, man. He, as we talked, as we talked about before, he brings us back. When I'm slipping, he pulls me in. He is the one that gives me the stability in my journey. Verse 2, let us come before his presence with thanksgiving and make a joyful noise unto him with psalms. Now, why does he say come before his presence? We can obviously look at the aspect that he is, he is everywhere at all times. So obviously, anywhere I sing, anywhere I'm at, he's there. There's two references. Number one, obviously, in Old Testament, you know, the holies of holies. Well, they, they would come out from where they were to the tabernacle to worship because that's where his presence was. Uh, they found it at the tabernacle, the temple later, the holy of holies. That's where they found him. But I think there's a great application here that there is a, there's, a, there's a need for us to leave the cares of the world to come into the presence of God. This is, number one, going to be in our own personal journey. And he tells us to come to the closet and to get away from life. It's important for us in our, in our day to get aside and read the Bible and worship him. Thank him. Reminded of who he is. It's a need. And so we come aside to allow that to happen. And then I think we can even see that throughout the Old Testament, they came together to worship. In the New Testament, he tells us, forsaking not the assembling of ourselves together. And we see all the way through church, they came together to come to worship. It's just something about choosing to set aside the world and making God important come. There's just, it's just it's something about when I go to church, there's a, there's a focus on God in worship. And that's why I think it's so important that we make a point to come out of all of the cares of the world and become into his presence. And again, he repeats, make a joyful noise unto him. And he says with Psalms, 
You know, some would say, well, that's a certain kind of music. Well, I, we can go to Psalms, and he says in one place, songs and hymns and spiritual songs. Throughout Scripture, it's more than one reference. But in this case, let's use the great truths of even of just the Psalms that he has written, the book we're studying now. Let's come and be reminded of the greatness of God in all of this. I love what he says in verse 9, For the Lord is a great God and a great king above all gods. I'm going to look at two things. He's a great God. You know, in other passages, it it talks about the fact that he's good, he's great. You know, he is not great or he is not good because of what he does. He is great because of who he is. And because of who he is, then we can see he is great or good because of who he is. And therefore, all that he does is good and great. So, you know, we, we look in the human realm and that person's a good person because of the things they do. Uh, we, there was a video I watched the other day while some lady was stuck in the flooding, these flash floodings and down in D.C. where a group of Marines were driving down. I guess they worked in funerals in the Arlington Cemetery. And uh, as they noticed this lady stranded in water in this flood, they got out of their bus and they walked through the water in their uniforms out and they shoved this lady out. And she talked about how good they were. Well, today we, we pin goodness off of our actions. But the fact is that God is good. God is great because of who he is. And because of that, once I acknowledge that, then all he does is good and great. I can't look at him and ever see wrong. It helps me in my daily life to recognize that. But then he says he's good and great, but I love the second half. It's so important. He says that he's a great king above all gods. Why is that important? Is he, is he making reference that there are other gods? Not, not legitimately, not in divinity. Notice it's written he's a great king, and that's in cap, above all gods in lower case. See, here's an important thing. What was one of the greatest battles that the children of Israel struggled with spiritually? Well, you know, there was the cycle of sin we've talked about, and when they would write with God, they'd worship Jehovah. Well, as they, you know, generations would pass, what would they do? Well, they'd, they'd follow the culture of who they were surrounded by, and they would worship other gods. They were fake, they were false, as seen here. What he is saying is, stop looking at what the world sees as gods. He says, he is a great king above all, everything else. He is the God. Don't look at these other gods as maybe. He is the only king. He is great above all the other things that would pin themselves as God. And in our life, we, most of us, I think all of us probably don't have wooden sculptures that we scrape down and then put into our house and then kneel down to worship. Generally speaking, that's not really worship today. But you know, there's so many things that get our attention today. And he is reminding us of these things that are, some of them of true importance, some of them really not, but we place them as importance. You know what he's saying? He is God above all. Again, why being in the Word of God? Why getting away or getting in the Word of God and getting away from the things of the world to be in church, to, to let him be a high priority? Is that not the focus of worship? Can I worship him if I'm not sacrificing to make him a priority in my life? That means I give. That means I come. I go. I serve. That is worship. Just to come and to be there is part of worship. But the ultimate premise of worship is me acknowledging who he is and going and giving. And so, yeah, we get up and we go to church. And you say it's a bit inconvenient. It's sacrifice. Yeah. People across the world are willing to go to jail and give of their life to go. May we in our America in America not find it because it's convenient. May we may we make a point to do what we can to be there. For there's some that cannot, which makes sense, but those who can, may we not miss what God wants us to do to come out and be in his presence, be surrounded by others and worship him, continuing to place him in the greatest place that he can be, and that is in a place of authority. 
in our lives and a place of worship. You know, ultimately, we won't get to it now, but later we see not only see a great God to be worshiped, he also is our friend. And that just still blows my mind. The King of kings and Lord of lords will desire to be our friend. And we'll continue on that next time as we talk about this and continue in this passage. Thank you so much for joining us on this edition of the Source of Truth podcast and giving me a chance to be part of your day. We hope you have a great day. Hope you have a great week. I hope that what we looked at today encourages, inspires you, and, and help you understand that God is doing something special in your life. May you keep focused upon Him and keep following Him in whatever He's doing. Thanks again for the chance to be part of your day. We hope you have a great day. We look forward to seeing you next time.